0: No more doll blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's nation 3 for 30% off of your purchase. <laughs> what's up everybody welcome back to the hunting gear podcast i'm your host dan johnson and today we have a very interesting episode become because it is coming from the perspective of a woman and before you hit the stop button give me a second to explain because i think a lot of this information that we cover today would be good for you to listen to especially if you're interested in getting uh a young woman like uh, one of your daughters into hunting maybe your wife maybe your girlfriend maybe even a mother or an aunt or anybody who is female right um so there's a lot of good information uh covered today and we're talking with april shan and she's uh she's pretty hardcore when it comes to to uh her hunting gear and equipment um and she talks a little bit about some of the trials and tribulations that she's had to go through throughout the years to find the right equipment when it just wasn't made for her. And then as the hunting industry has sort of progressed, so has the ability to find clothing, uh, bows, boots, like all the stuff that is coming out uh, for women. At the same time, she has some gripes about some of that stuff that comes out, and uh, she talks all about that on today's episode. So if you have a female hunter, you might as well grab her and have her listen to this episode as well. We talk about bows and arrows and camo and boots and uh, tree stands and all these things that are focused towards women or how what women might be able to get away with that are maybe a little bit different from men and at the same time. We also talk about products that both men and women can use. So uh, it's a really good episode, very interesting. I had a a good time recording it. Before we get into today's episode, i got to run through the commercials real quick. Um, Hunt stand. Now, I'm getting ready to head out on a Nebraska hunt, and I'm jacked about it. So... um, I've been on hunt stand just scouring the public land, dropping pins, looking for good glassing areas, looking for good uh, um, places to that might have water, places that... Uh, you know maybe bordered up against private ground that has ag in it Uh, so i've just been doing a lot of digital scouting dropping my pins so that when we get out there we can just go you know we get out there we go check out you know some of the digital scouting areas if it's bad hop to the next one if that one's bad we hop to the next one and then we just continue to do that until we run into deer so that's that's the goal anyway but a lot of functionality in that app Uh, you can download it for free and if you want to upgrade to the uh, uh, the the next level it's only 30 bucks a year so uh, as far as affordability with the functionality that you get out of this there's nothing there's no other uh, app that does that so if you want to find out more information about HuntStand visit HuntStand.com and read up on all the the uh, functionality that this app offers it's it's truly uh, impressive the next and april talks about this in in uh her podcast as well she's a fan of lone wolf tree stands um so lone wolf portable or lone wolf hunting products.com uh check out their climbers check out their hang-ons and i'll tell you this my favorite setup is the assault with four sticks right so we have the four sticks We have the assault and that gets me in any tree that I want to be in. Uh, Not not the right tree, not a, a tree that fits it, not a straight tree, the right tree. And that sometimes can be a difference of five or 10 yards to put yourself in the best possible position. Uh, I Love the self-balancing features. I love the quietness of this. Just the design overall is a big win So if you want to find out more information about lone wolf hunting products visit lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. wolf uh, hunting Like I said, uh, oh, I got a discount. I always forget what that is. Give me a second I gotta I gotta give you guys a discount code and that is the discount code is 9 FC 21 so that's 9FC21, and that's going to save you $50 off of all purchases over $200. So that's uh, that's a really good savings. And lastly, um, uh, one of my favorite companies to work with is the Average Conservationist, and I'll tell you why. Not only uh, They're a lifestyle brand, so not only do they make badass um, uh, hats and T-shirts and logo wear uh, and hoodies and stuff like that, these guys are giving 10% of their profits automatically off the top to some form of conservation effort. So it's really important for Marcus and his team of, of, of people to give back. He is setting an example that I feel a lot of the other hunting industry needs to follow. And that is that without this natural resource that we take from every year, you know, somebody's got to give back to it. And Marcus is definitely setting that example uh, by, uh, you know, putting it in his budget for the year, you know, 10% off the top, no matter what. So please do me a favor, go to theaverageconservationist.com, check out their hats, check out their hoodies. Uh, The one I'm actually wearing right now is called the Euro T. And my wife this morning, because it was kind of cool outside, wore the compass hoodie. So that's badass. And I'm a big fan of the general hat. And what's the other one? And the the fixed hat, and that's a camel hat. So check out all the all that informate or all those products on theaverageconservationist.com, and they have a discount code for you. If you want to save ten percent off your purchase, enter the discount code NFC10 NFC10 for ten percent off your purchase. All right, we've done the commercials, so now let's get into today's hunting gear episode. Uh, With a woman's focus with April Shan. All right, on the phone with me today, Miss April Shan, how are we doing?
1: Very good, Dan.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, remind me again what part of the country you live in.
1: Uh, I live in Florida now. I'm a transplant. Okay. Um, uh i'm from
0: new york new york okay so do you still ever go back to new york to hunt or does most of your hunting happen in in florida
1: um i i'm just kind of getting settled you know i kind of went through a retirement process i kept my lifetime tag in new york but like the biggest thing is i kind of want to as long as i'm capable i want a midwest you know, I've got a certain amount of points in Iowa right now. I'll probably draw next year. I I do can I've been lucky. I drew Kansas the last four in a row.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay.
1: You know, hard is kind of like practice warm up. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I got gotcha. you.
1: Difficult so, hunting.
0: Yeah. So you are. Uh, you live in Florida, but you kind of hunt all over, is what you're telling me.
1: I'm trying to. Yeah. You know, I, I use this as a warm up in the last few years, yeah, I've gone to Kansas.
0: All right, that's awesome. Have you found success in Kansas?
1: Yes. I, I actually find it a um it, it, it's it's a lot more simplex.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's not
1: complex as, as, as the
0: Okay, so let me ask you real quick. What is the difference, you know, in complexity between hunting in Florida and hunting in Kansas?
1: Um, There's a few. One is the laws and the application processes in Florida are really tough. Like the public land, which I'm mostly, I'm going to say I'm 95% public land hunter. It, you have to apply for quota hunts. The, the dates from like the bow season for just open bow on private are different from each individual piece of public land has their own set of dates. Oh, really? And a lot of them don't, have, yeah, and a lot of them don't just have public dates. Like the one I moved next to, which is a plan, actually has an open, um, Bow season, where as long as you have a Florida license, you can hunt it. Most are not. Most, you have to draw, and they'll draw like 75 quota applicants to hunt the area. And yeah. That's it. Okay. And you got that couple weeks or a couple days or whatever they give you.
0: Okay. Have so- you ever thought about doing those python hunts? <laughs> I heard the state of Florida is like paying people to catch and capture pythons.
1: It's South Florida. Oh, okay. And if you cut Florida up into areas, it's a lot different from where I am in North Central. Gotcha. South. Gotcha. I used to winter in South Florida, and it was before the iguanas and the boa constrictors and stuff. You know, when I worked down there, but um I have no interest in hunting snakes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know too many guys that do, but being a chick, no, definitely not. <laughs> I
0: gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. And being a chick is why you are on this podcast today, because we're going to talk about hunting gear and equipment for women. And although my uh, demographic who listens to this. Uh, who, who listens to the podcast that I put out is like ninety-seven to ninety-five percent men. A lot of those men uh, buy hunting gear and equipment for their wife or help their their wives or their girlfriends, you know, pick out equipment. And we're going to BS a little bit about that today um, because you reached out to me and you said sometimes it can be pretty difficult finding um gear and equipment for women so just at a at a high level why don't you explain uh or share with us some of the the difficulties that you've had throughout the years finding gear and equipment that is adequate for women
1: the first thing i'm going to say is i'm a little surprised at the statement because from what i understand the fastest growing population of licensed hunters in the united states yeah women. Yeah. You know, and we kind of have a totally different attitude. Like I even talked to like one of my best buddies that's a big he was a big Iowa hunter and this even his attitude towards killings a little different than most of the girls I know. And yeah, we're a rarity, you know, women that are serious about bow hunting, hunting in general probably. Yeah. But um when you say a husband buying a piece of gear for his wife in the beginning I think that's okay. After a while, I think it's kinda like the wife that wants the Mercedes with the special stereo and stuff. I kind of think you need to take her shopping and let her pick her own gear out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and why is that?
1: Because it first a boat is a really, really important thing for a woman because most of us are pretty low poundage. I mean, when I was younger, I was shooting 60, but now I'm shooting like 42. So I want, I don't want a toy. I want the fastest, quietest, most efficient bow that I enjoy shooting. And, you know, like I've had some people put some bows in my hand and I was like, are you kidding me? You know, like that might be fine for a 13-year-old girl, but it's not for me. I've been hunting since 2008 and since I was a kid you know and and arrows are really really important you know I don't want to be a spear chucker and you know unless you want you know where you're going to have a trajectory that's going to go up to the moon and then come back down you, you kind of want to have the right arrows heavy enough to penetrate and go through but not you know I found the weight forward and the micro arrows like super super helpful for me Broadheads. All the guys want to put like a freaking huge mechanical on the end of their wife's bow, and then they wonder why. Oh, they shot it in the ribs and it didn't go through and it fell right. on the ground. You know, it's really, really important when you get to the lower poundage. I think the, the the details really get important. Yeah. If you want to have patience to be an efficient hunter, yeah, you you want a narrow um, cut on a fixed broadhead that's super sharp and flies really well.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like the, the details matter more than let's say something where I'm shooting this giant arrow at 30 inch draw at, you know, at 70 pounds compared to your 42 at a much shorter, uh, you know, at a much shorter draw length. I'm assuming you're not six. I mean, are I, I, what, what's your draw length?
1: 25 yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so all that kind of adds up to where I agree with you 100%. Uh, mechanical, you put in a mechanical in that equation and it just doesn't come out, right? A fixed blade has got to be the way to go in a scenario like that.
1: Right. Like, I mean, the guys can get by with marginal shot. You know, if they're shooting 65 pounds, they got a big mechanical on, they got a heavier arrow, they're shooting way faster FPS. And they can like skim over the shoulder or destroy a, you know, destroy a buck's shoulder. Where for us, I'm pretty much looking like when they say pie plate, I'm looking at like a key line pie plate, (laughs) you know, because if I don't hit a spot at the right angle, I'm going to, I'm going to chase that buck forever.
0: Yeah, right, right. Um, So, so aside from, let me ask you this, when it, when it comes to finding a bow that works for you. Right, um, and some companies offer women's bows. Some companies do not offer uh, a, a woman specific bow. What is your uh, what has your experience been when it has come to going out finding a new bow? Um, what you know, maybe what are you looking for? and at the same time, what could the industry do better to make uh, compound bows m- more? Uh, attractive towards women?
1: Um, some companies, a lot. Some companies have it a lot better. You know, they, they've they done a lot better job. In 2012, I went through this thing where I, I came into a little bit of time and, and a little more, you know, money than I had. And women's bows, I don't know how it is in the Midwest. And, and I have been around in Kansas and Oklahoma. We went to some bow shops while I was there. But you still can't walk into a shop Get the, you know, the, the flagship woman's bow in your size, in your poundage, nine times out of ten. Now I'm sure maybe in Illinois and Iowa you might be able to do stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, like, basically we have to buy it to try it. Yeah. So in 2012, I do this thing, and that was like one of the first years that they really started coming out with a lot of different women's bows. You know, where it, it, they kind of clicked into the industry a little bit that this is the up-and-coming sales because they're the up-and-coming licensees in the hunting industry. So let's start accommodating them a little bit. So they started making women's bows. And I bought, i tell you what I bought. Um, I bought a 2012 Matthews Passion, because that was the first women's bow that I think they ever came out with. I was kind of already a PSC girl. I had a PSC 2012 stiletto, which to this day was still probably the best woman's bow I ever shot. You know, 28-inch axle-to-axle, the speed was no comparison between those two like there was no it was like 30 fps difference you know and i don't know it was comfortable i bought um i bought um a hunter i'm trying to think the hunter which was kind of a bigger heavier slower boat really smooth draw but in in my specs I better be shooting turkey with it. Like, it wasn't really what I call a deer killing machine for me, you know, not for me anyway. Um, Beautiful bow, though. I mean, beautiful, beautiful bow. What else did I buy? I bought, let me see, I'm trying to think of the name of the company. It's a smaller dude in the Midwest. Uh, uh, I can't think of the name. It, it's like a I, but I bought, it was like the R30. I, I remember the model name. It was a nice bow. too. a little more shaky, a little louder. Nice bow, though. You know, just bought and sold, bought, bought and sold. And then I narrowed down to the present time I have three, but I have two for sale. You know, I just bought a new one last year that I really came up with. I'm kind of going back looking for that 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 stiletto, the PSE stiletto. That, that was an awesome bow. So anyway, I get to the other bow companies. And they have it, some of them were more into the pretty or had a little pink. Like I tell you what I bought, and I still have this. I had a really super light bow. In 2012, at the time, it was a Struther Hope. Now I guess Moxie makes the bow, and it's like a Moxie something. I don't know. But light with the right arrow, really efficient, very easy draw, you know, like a solid wall. I know a lot of women may not be as – deep into it as I am. But when, when you take your wife out and she gets that nice buck and you put a shot on them and you, you get disappointed, you say, man, I don't know about the penetration, you know, and, and that's when the combination, it's not even just the bow, but it's the combination of everything has to come together. Yeah. But for me, you got to take the wife and she's got to shoot. Even, even if it takes, you know, from April all the way through August to get her bow. you got to take them and let them try. Cause Totally different bows. And I put bows in people's hands because I take a lot of my friends, young men, you know, uh, like my stepson, to a bow shop. And I brought them in to buy a PSE, and we walked out with a Mission Hype something. What an awesome bow for a beginner. Highly recommend it for, you know, a woman or something. It was a quiet bow. It was an easy draw. It, it was compact. It was, it was just a nice bow. So you don't have to go crazy on money. Although it seems to be in the industry when it gets to the camo and the boots and stuff, just because they're women, they're going to charge it like one and a half times with the value of it, you know? Right. Which is another grievance. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, the, but the boats have come along. I've messed with the carbon ones a little bit. Uh, you know, being a shorter person, man, that long axle, axle, you try to carry that thing around and get stuck in every tree, on every piece of bark, in every corner of the stand, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I hate the 30 when it gets to 32. I'm out. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a common bow really now, but man, that actually, axle, the actually axle just
0: kills me. Gotcha. All right. So specifically, right. Um, talk to us about what you like in a bow. Like you've already mentioned that a 32 is too long. Let's talk specs. Like, what are you looking for today? Uh, and maybe what were you looking for? I don't know. However many years ago when you were, you know, in that, I, I don't know, younger uh, demographic.
1: Right. Uh-oh. um, Like I said, the, the closest I've been to perfect so far was like the, the 212 PSE Stiletto. So I'll go back to that. The problem I had with it was it was aluminum. And if you remember the older PSE grips, you had to hold that aluminum. There's no wood or, you know, like grip around it at the time. And even though I put like the... Um, limb saver cushion strips you know that you can put on your grip and stuff like shock absorbers i don't know what they are um when i was out there and it was 10 degrees that bow was cold yeah. <laughs> like bald you know or i got to the point where you couldn't hold it anymore and where in the high pressure areas it's not a hang on a hanger like the kind of hunting that i did if i hung my bow on a hanger like on the tv shows and see the deer and turn around to get the bow I, you move your finger where I come from and those deer, their heads all turn. If, if there's five does, do all the time. you know, like it's different in the, in the pressure States, I yeah. think. Yeah. Then in the Midwest, which is like Kansas is, you know, I love it, you know, and, and the guys are like frustrated and I'm like smiling when, when I come back, even, even an unsuccessful hunt, you know, it's still an experience population wise and ease. But uh, so when getting back to the bow, I want something. When, when somebody puts a bow in my hand, I don't want it to be too heavy. Over four pounds, you know, it's a deal breaker for me. I'm out. It, I have to deal with four pounds because that's kind of what we got. The Struther Hope was 3.7, and it was a 32, but it was such a light bow. It was cool. It's still the problem with the 32. When you're really dragging it through heavy brush and stuff, it kind of gets to be a pain in the butt, you know, yeah. or maybe a blind. I'm a blind hunter, so I don't know. I, I hate blinds. Yeah. They take away all my fences, you know.
0: So what's your but, ideal um, uh, axle-to-axle?
1: Axle-to-axle, I'm going to say, for me, if they're going to ask me numbers, I want to see 30 to 28. Okay. The best bones I've ever had were 28s.
0: Yeah. And that and at, at that 25-inch is- at that twenty five draw, roughly, for you, right?
1: 25-and-a-half-inch draw. Okay. And... And now we're going to talk about cams because like when, you know, you, you I don't want to see these big cams with a huge break over or, or anything. Cause you know, we're talking to women sitting in a tree now, I'm getting older or whatever. But when you're sitting there for five hours, six hours, and it's been cold, you know, like you got your morning sunrise or evening hunt as the temperature drops. And then you pick that thing up and go to draw it. I don't want a big hump on the ball. Yeah. I want the, you know, I look at the cams. I went through all the, you know, the rounder cams and stuff. I like the evolution cams. I like the, the strother cams that were on the strother bow. I mean, I, I I have not tried a couple that I wanted to, but when I see 4.1, 4.2 for the riser, I'm out, you know? So that's a lot of times where I won't try a bow because it it makes a big difference for a smaller person to hold that kind of weight up. Yeah. I know it quiets the shop down and everything, but it's not huntable for me. Yeah, you know, and then so the uh, axle to axle goes the weight.
0: Yeah, so you're saying you want something that is lightweight, uh, 27 to 30 inch axle to axle, and uh, you want something that has a smooth draw. I mean. Are are you okay with a rough draw? You know how on a, on a draw cycle sometimes on these cams that are really almost oval shaped it, it's a it's rough at the beginning, but then you can hold but at the yeah, yeah a real aggressive draw. draw. Um, are you okay with an Personally, aggressive draw?
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm not because you know if, if you put fifty women in a room and you hand them all a bow that is within their specs or say they got general specs, they're 40 pound or 45 pounds draw, And you ask them all the drawing, you just stand back and take a video of them and watch them. You're going to get something that really can put it up in front of their nose and draw the bow back nice and smooth and even. A lot of those women are going to be skying them. A lot of them are going to point it down and give it the big heave, you know, like I call it the heave Mm hoe when I put it in and I'm like, no, 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 no. don't heave hoe my bow. All my girlfriends want to try, you know, and I'm like, don't, number one, don't dry fire. But number two, as soon as I see the heave ho, I'm done. Can I have my bow back, please? Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. Because <laughs> you can know how that's going to end. So yeah, I mean, I really like the the you know the the less aggressive. I do like a solid wall, like the struggle had an awesome solid wall. The PSEs kind of don't. The newer one I do has. Like I said, I've shot the Passion. I even got the last um, the Jewel. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I shot it. It just wasn't for me. I know it's it's a beautiful bow. I have not tried the Triax, which I wanted to, but I didn't. But it was like also over four pounds, and that's another reason I didn't. But I didn't. I didn't like the shot on it. It, it was quiet enough, but it was like I don't know. I'm gonna say slower than I'm used to. Without trying to make a dig. Yeah. You know, like no, they make awesome bows, but as soon as they go down poundage. That's when your specs are really going to come in. Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like hunting bucks in Kansas and, and have a bow that I know is, you know, like a less than professional. Right. Piece of equipment.
0: Right. So sounds like you need something that is, uh, you know, a, a smooth draw, but flings the arrow quick enough at your, at your draw weight that was going to have, you know, like the arrow. It sounds like, it sounds like you can't just put any arrow on there. You can't just put any broadhead on there. Like a guy, a guy at 70 pounds can get away with putting, you know, yeah. If it's underspined, you might have some accuracy issues, but at 18 yards, you know, or 20 yards where most archery, whitetail archery hunts take place in that 20 yard range. Um, you know, as far as the kill shot is concerned, it's probably, it probably doesn't matter as much as you know throwing a toothpick at a brick wall if your bow and arrow aren't properly tuned with one another.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the more experience I, I get, because like, I used to shoot when they first came out, like the, the Carbon Express came out with way forward arrows back in that area of time. And the, after 210, it was like 212, 213. And I shot those arrows, and, and like I was shooting 250s. Um, blue, well, before the blue reservoir, I forget what they were, the carbon express, whatever they were. but I had a lot of pass-throughs with them in on the New York deer, which are a little different than your Midwest deer, but I did really well with them. And the first time I went to go hunt Kansas, I mean, I had the exact same setup. And for six years I was, I was hunting small acreage and the local, the neighbors weren't great on me tracking deer onto their land. So like, I needed to drop them ASAP. This wasn't going to be a shot in 200-yard track. I was. I wanted to shoot them and drop them um, on my small acreage I had up there. So those arrows, though, I was getting, for six years, I had complete pass-throughs and no trails. And then I got to Kansas, and, I mean, I put it right in the boiler room. I get that, you know, I always used to wonder when I watched <laughs> You know, the Drewys and stuff, I said, how can these men shoot these things and they're only getting partial penetration They're not getting a pass-through? They're hitting them right in the boiler room, you know, in the lower part of the lungs, right above the heart, and the thing runs away with half an arrow? Well, that's my first memory in Kansas is watching my big buck running uphill with my arrow only about six inches in them. <laughs> yeah. And track the sucker right across to the neighbor's field. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah that that's becomes I, important.
1: I really
0: right, right. All right, so we've talked about arrows, we've talked about um, you know, arrows and uh the bow and stuff like that. Let's get into clothing because I think before, you know, I I don't know, they they have options now, but they didn't a handful of years ago. I want to say what f- five to seven years ago before that they hardly had any option for women's for women's clothing
1: okay but the first the first bone i'm gonna pick with the industry is and every woman i know says the same thing the boots okay um the options they seem like they're options to you guys oh look they have women's sizes go look at the width b b you know what b is B is a high heel foot. So when you're going to go, say, and and the other thing is a lot of times we have to wear extra socks because our insulation, we don't get the same insulation options you do. Right. Where you can go 400, 800, 1,000. A lot of times they have 400 for us and that's it. Until you get to like the super huge, you know, space booth, you know, that you're going to sit out in in a blind in and you know, the end of December or something. But when I look up and, and the best shoes and they're actually the ones I have, but if you don't get on right in the beginning, when they first come out that season with the boot and get a C with, you're only going to be able to wear one pair of small socks. And that's what a B with is for a woman. It's like a high heel foot okay, long and narrow, you know, and that's all your options. And the biggest companies that are out there, you look it up. It's a B with. Yeah. And like, I have a foot. I actually have a tiny foot for for a lady. I wear a size seven. But seven B, I have to wear like a nylon in it. You know? Yeah. Where if I want to wear one of whole socks, I need at least a C. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll go to men's and men's sizes like a six, which they have that gap between boys and men's and that one usually doesn't get filled. It's not a men's size. They go down to like eight and they don't go any lower. So we don't have that option either so boots kind of like suck i i love the boots i have now but i did get online and got to see right in the beginning because if you start looking like in september and try to buy those boots they're gone yeah. and you call up the company i'll call the companies and they just don't make any more
0: yeah so as
1: far and as
0: yeah so as far as boots are concerned um you if your foot was bigger you'd be able to get away with wearing a a men's size, but you kind of fall in this gap where the 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 youth shoe ends and the men's shoe doesn't pick up quite yet.
1: I mean I think I fit I'm five six. I have a size seven ladies. So I think I'm like an average woman. The size seven ladies from what I can see, between seven six and a half and eight are the most popular sizes. Okay. ladies. I think most ladies unless you're an absolute, you know, Amazon basketball player or whatever, where well, you can fit into a men's boots, that, that's gonna be ninety percent or at least eighty percent of your ladies' sizes. But like I said, when we're talking about you you already got a four hundred insulation value. So I wanna wear wool socks. Yeah. And two quarters is almost out at that point. Yeah. You know, one time a long time before they came out with ladies, I found a pair of um I think they were Ganners, but they were like a men's 60. I had those boots until the soles fell off in Kansas. Like I was still trekking, you know, across the thing, and I was walking on one sole that was glued on, and the other one was flapping because I couldn't find boots that fit me and that I could wear socks with in October, November. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's a little bit of a, of a, of a grievance, I'm going to say from the industry. And, and I've actually talked to the, like the head of Irish center and a couple of companies. And I'm like, Hey dude, we, we just need width. like, I'm not saying do anything weird with them. Just, I don't need a zipper or anything. I, I just like, you know, more C's and D's Yeah. just so we wear, we can wear socks in them. Yeah. And cause our insulin, you know, like you have the 400, you have the 800, you have the thousand. We might. You might even find one with a thousand but there's never going to be that middle 600 800 not available yeah not for women
0: so recently i put out a a youtube video about the uh you know about looking for products outside of the hunting hunting industry you know like lacrosse i would say is a boot.
1: Right, I have and, and hiking and stuff I, i've gone there
0: yeah and what do you find when you go there just still the same no insulation
1: um the tracks and stuff nice boots you know you definitely got to be serious very expensive um the scent thing you know the soles are going to be a little different which I mean, some of the boots I have, I'm trying to think of what I have inside right now. I don't have Kentrek, but I have another brand I got in, like, Gander or something. And and they're great for early season, but when it comes down to the hunting season, I haven't looked for ones that were, you know, mid-season, what I call, like, rut-season rut boots. You know, I, I want the little bit heavier insulation, and, and I don't want to carry that much scent around with me. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I, I, you know, you want the grip. I want the waterproof. They're always short boots. So, you know, you're not going to get them to go through things. So you're going to go back into your mucks and mucks, mucks are great. You know, like I do have one pair that's, uh, I think it's 800, but they crack quick. And, you know, they're, they're heavier boots than most of the time. I'm kind of a serious running gun yeah, person. No. And you start getting into bigger boots and it's a real pain in the neck. It's a pain in the neck to climb the tree, Yep, you know, climbing hang have- it's a, it's a pain in the neck. It's great to go through creeks and stuff, but you're not going to walk through those woods quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the big, that, like farm stand stuff. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I don't wear, you know, unless I know that I'm crossing a creek or I'm going to have to walk through like a marsh or something, I don't even wear rubber boots anymore. I Because trying to climb the sticks, even on some of the the, sta- uh, the climbing sticks that have bigger foot, uh, foot rests, they're still not big enough for my, uh, for my feet, like the size 12 lacrosse is with the big, the, the big lacrosse, um, alpha burlies That's, it's difficult to climb up there sometimes if you're not really paying attention. So that's why for me, I always wear, and of course I'm not a woman, but I wear my hiking boots and then I'm, if it's cold enough, I'll put a boot cover over top of them. But that just means I have to carry more, you know, more stuff with me.
1: Right. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And when you ask me about Cross River, I'm a researcher by nature anyway. So I find like, you know, when it comes to Merino wool, oh, definitely cheaper to buy it outside like the hunting industry. Not only that, when you're talking about underwear, 99% of the time, I'm not going to wear it as my only layer. What difference does it make if it's camo, you know? Right. Like, it really doesn't. When it comes to the booth thing, like, this year, I'm actually looking to take my kayak with me to Kansas because the area, the public area I hunt has a ton of water, and there's a lot of landlocked areas, like, that I heard them chasing in. But unless you went across the water, and I'm not talking a creek. I'm talking, like, you know, 200-foot wide and, you know, at least 10-foot, 15-foot deep. I couldn't get in. So, in the same thing, I'm not going to wear big rubber boots. And I actually found these little, like, waders that, you know, they weigh probably, I don't know, maybe a half pound. You roll them up, and I would just put them over my boots to launch the kayak and then, you know, paddle down where I needed to go and then get on the other side and then take them, roll them off, and stick them back in the kayak when I go off to hang. Yeah. But I, I would do stuff like that, too, if I knew I was going to do water crossing. And, yeah, definitely more convenient. Cool. You know, I'm not having that cold stuff anymore, you know, like I was in New York. It was 20 below zero by the end of the... Uh, well, not 20 below zero, but I'm going to say 10 degrees, sometimes five or maybe five below in the end of the season, in the beginning of December. Yeah. But in Kansas, that's part of the reason I hunt the Southeast Kansas because I like the weather there. It snows, it melts. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, as far as the boot things go, there really are a lot of options. And those things, I'm looking at them, I still haven't gotten them yet, and I need to get on and put it, but they're like... 60 bucks or something. They're like little nylon things. And you know, even if there's a drip drip leak, my boots are fine with that. They're just not waiting prepared. Yeah. So I would just carry those little things. Like you said, you carry a little bit more and I'm, I'm a total lightweight. You know, I'm a minimalist when I go in there and the guys are all like, don't you have water? Don't you have snacks? You got to sit there all day. I don't take anything like that. I go in at sunrise. I will eat and drink when I come home in the dark at night you know i am a total
0: minimalist when it comes to stuff like that gotcha gotcha all right so now you know uh, we all know women's bodies are built different than men's bodies um what about the clothing right uh let's talk about you know how do you go about choosing clothing do you do you still wear i guess men's Fit or do you only buy like I know I know Sitka makes some women's uh, fit clothing. There's some other brands out there that have uh, woman-specific stuff.
1: They've come a long way. I mean, I, that part of the industry, I gotta, I gotta give them, applaud them a little bit because when I came in in 2008, you know, of course we all kind of start with like the you know the the Kmart brand stuff. I, it was like the 30 waist was the smallest they had. I was a 27. I had to like do a Jethro belt and and I had to cut either, either roll up the bottoms or cut them off. Either way sucked. They made noise. They, they, they were full of mud every day when I got home, you know, it's just the way it was now. Like you said, and as I got into like, I guess just the evolution of my experience, I required better stuff i was tired of stuff that was cold stuff that was hanging off of me it didn't fit the pockets ripped you're, you're dropping your you know you're dropping your release and stuff because everything was just cheap so i did actually get into sticky gear but i i at that time it was like the only option of the, of the stretchy you know like uh, under armor type fit and and i got in right before they came out with the women's line And I got, and the men's actually, because they ran small, like I just kind of got lucky there. Um, Because the men's medium, a lot of of, um, women would buy it for their husbands for Christmas and stuff. And they were actually a true men's medium and Sitka was running really small. So it was kind of like a men's small. And they would put them up on like eBay for sale, you know, like after Christmas. And that's how I got most of my Sitka gear. I went through and bought Rejects. For men and I actually got a complete setup. I did buy like the incinerator set, totally right, fresh from Midway and stuff, fresh from a store. But, um, even to this day, that's what I have. First of all, it's quality gear, it lasted a while. When I do replace it, I will replace it with the women's because they got it right. A lot of guys have it right now, it appears. You know, Kudu looks like they have a lot of it right. Um, even some of the Cabela's, like you look at the women's gear, cause as soon as you get to that stretchy fit, even though women are the same height and weight, our bodies are totally different fit. Like that's why one pair of jeans might look great on one woman that's five feet and 135. And, and the next one, it, you know, they look like somebody is, is holding them up with suspenders, but the stretchy stuff helps us a lot. Not to mention it's really, you know, for a bow hunter, you can move in it. It's comfortable. And when you get to the higher quality stuff that you don't get the thorns on, you know, but I, I definitely, they did a really good job. They're a lot warmer. You're going to spend the money. Now, the, the grievance on that one is you can have the exact same set in men's and in women's and the women's is more expensive. Yeah. Some of that I understand because they're not selling as much of that design and they have to recoup the cost. And I kind of get it uh, some of it though you look at it, it's just a stab, you know it's just a stab. they may have like a little pink on the bottom of the boot or you know whatever, and it's like a hundred dollars more than the men's and I look at some of that, and it's like ridiculous, but you know it's part of life if 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 you want to be a woman bow hunter,
0: yeah, so let's say a guy is going out and he's like, "Hey." My wife or girlfriend has expressed interest in hunting and I want to go out and I want to surprise her with some woman's clothing, uh, some women's gear, that kind of stuff. What should they take into consideration while they're looking and when they buy?
1: The other thing men's body temperatures seem to run higher or maybe because you're you know like uh, more square around the middle. I don't know. Women get cold faster. All the women I know, you know, like, and it's just, it's gotta be the men when they take their wife hunting, my feet are cold. My hands are cold. My nose is cold, you know, take into consideration, even though most, and it's the same thing. As far as the hunting camera go, it's pretty much the same thing with the insulation. We don't have the same options in insulation as men do. That's why I bought the men's incinerator and like the last couple bucks I killed last year, I killed my buck in Kansas on Christmas day. I went, I, I, the first time I got my first buck stolen from me on public. So I just took it as a loss, came home, regrouped, went back like right before Christmas and Christmas day, I, I killed my buck and it was like 25 degrees. I was totally comfortable sitting in my clothes and I, I couldn't tell you how glad I am as expensive as it was, it was worth every penny. And a lot of the women's gear, like you look at she wear and you look, they, they just don't have the higher insulation and the women actually need it more than the men do. Right. Women are smaller. They're thinner. Most of them are thinner around the waist, you know, especially when you get to the younger ladies, they need the insulation. We, we cool off faster. Yeah. We, we don't have the same, you know, until you hit menopause, we're never warmer than men are. (laughs) (laughs) You it, the, you need to, like, make sure she's comfortable. Yeah. Because even, even my friends, I know if it's going to be a brutal day and it's, like, the first time and I want to take them and, and at least sit them in a stand and show them what it is, I don't want to take them out on a brutal day because they'll need to go back again. Right. Get them, get them something comfortable. Like I said, the, it seems like I haven't bought any, but I look in, the, in the, the new stuff that Cabela's have. They have a lot of options now. Yeah. Just make sure that there's enough – and then, and then with the underlayer options we have now with the merino wool and stuff, it doesn't have to be the highest end stuff. You can go on eBay and get, but get the heavyweight merino wool and, you know, make sure it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah. If she has a who likes to be comfortable, she might really like it.
2: Right, okay. You
1: know, like, like we have a little different attitude towards it where, like, I know the guys that they got the trophy and the kill and, and stuff in mind, like, I let bucks walk that I probably shouldn't because they're either younger or I, I just don't have need for the, for that meat on that particular day And where I wouldn't – I would kill a coyote any day. But as far as a fox or something, I have no interest in a fox mount. I wouldn't kill something like that. Women have a little different attitude than men do yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. So, and, and once they realize how clean the meat is, you know, and everybody's into this organic meat and this, that, and the other thing, it's a major bonus. Like what, what you're feeding your family, there's no chemicals, there's no antibiotics in it. It's it's a clean meat. Yeah. And if it's prepared right in the beginning, because mine's never gamey. I, I, you know, I'm not into the hang of a week stuff when the temperatures aren't right. I'm. I guess if you have perfect temperatures, that's fine. But neither in Florida nor in New York where the temperatures ever right. right. So I clean mine immediately. So nice water for five days, and I've never had a gamey piece of meat. My friends are all impressed. Yeah. When Are, I fill
0: them back. So, we've talked about you know the the bows, the arrows, and the fit there. We've talked about the boots and how there's a lack of insulation. Uh, we've talked about trying to find um, you know clothing and gear that it that makes uh, makes a woman comfortable and fits that a, a woman's fit. Um, is there any other products or any other type of uh, gear or equipment that you have found throughout the years um, that uh, may be a bit of a struggle because they don't make it in women's sizes or it's not uh, a fit for women?
1: Um, I mean, I'm a little particular about my releases. I want to release that because my drawer is so challenged anyway. I don't want to give up an inch on my drawer on my release. Like I want a close release, you know, like I noticed, I shoot a Scott echo, you know, because I want, I want my release, like, and, and our hands are smaller. So I, I don't want it sticking out two inches. You know, I see some of those things and I guess it's fine for guys that have 30, but for me, so I'm going to have a 23 inch draw Cause my release has got like a two inch stem on it. You know, it, it, that makes a little difference um, the general experience for women, like when it just comes to maybe hunting camps and hunting alone, because like being like, I know your wife is raising kids and I, you know, had my son. And if I didn't have my own little 20 acres that I could just scoot out on at four o'clock in the afternoon where the men got, you know, kind of got to go away and go to hunting camp and stuff like that. You're at the man's mercy. You can't, do those kind of things as a single woman, even if your husband leaves, he's not going to leave you at hunting camp with nine men. You have to go at his whim. If he has to go back for work, you're going to pack up and go. He's not going to leave you there to finish out your hunt, you know. And so, the, like, the opportunities for women are a little different. Maybe, um, I, I know they got to charge through the wazoo, but you know, like hunting camps that are more geared towards single women, up and coming women, some of the women's hunting groups organize some of these things. They just need to be, I'm going to say, maybe a little more user friendly. Okay. Especially for young girls that are getting into it, because, like I said, they're at the whim of their dad. It's just not proper for us to be a lot of places. I have a little micro camper, and I go out and in in New York. It wasn't safe for me because you're not allowed to carry a pistol during hunting season, no matter what license you have. And you know, it's part of the reason I'm not there. I'm in Florida because now I go out and I hunt by myself and. I'm not uncomfortable doing it. I'd rather deal with a gator, a bear or a snake any day compared to some guy that follows me into the woods. It's a different situation for a woman, you know, And when they see you leaving the parking lot by yourself, if they do, which I try not to be even be there, but, mm, you know, things are a little different. Yeah, you just need to have a different set of protection. and you know, being a dad, if it's your daughter or a husband, if it's your wife, it's it's we have different a whole different set of opportunities than men do our opportunities are way more limited yeah you know
0: yeah let me ask you this
1: we walk along along.
0: right right so it's all it's like you're only as or the women's opportunities are only as good as the men that you hunt with are
1: Well, sometimes, unless you get really hard-headed and outside the box like I am, and like I said, I I do have a micro-camper. I do have, uh, you know, my concealed, and I will not hunt a state that I cannot carry that concealed with me because I have been followed into the woods, you know, and and they were real friendly. Oh, hey, yeah, a woman hunter. Oh, nice, you know, and then an hour later, as I'm, thank God, I really nestled myself into a tree, and I see the, you know, I heard something coming along, knew it wasn't a deer. It was too loud. It was. Footprints were too off for the sound of a, a deer walking or, or a coyote trotting or whatever. And two men, they walked right underneath me. I go, Shh, I think she went this way. And when I heard that, my hair stood up, you yeah. know, I, I had to control my gasp. And when they went by, I climbed down. I had a climber at the time, you know, I just climbed down real quiet. As soon as I was clear, packed up and left and never went back to that spot again. Yeah. But that was in an area that was not allowed to carry. If I was allowed to carry...
2: Oh yeah.
0: No, I
1: definitely grow a set then. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll sit because it's like, I'm definitely going to do you before you do me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. My
0: right. So you brought up something there about, uh, climbers. Okay. As far, and you also mentioned you do run and gun, uh, type style hunting when you go on to pieces of public or when you're out in Kansas, um, talk to me about, you know, the function, I always talk about the functionality of let's say like a lone wolf right and you can set the sticks up and you can do all these things um but i've never really thought about whether or not it, it was uh good enough for uh, a woman or someone who's shorter in stature or built different than me is like what is your current run and gun uh tree stand or maybe you use a saddle or whatever it is and do you think there's enough options out there for women to go out and learn how to do these um, DIY hunt type of hunts?
1: There's definitely a lot more options now than there used to be. When now my current setup, I have two. I did a saddle when we were still in like the trophy line. It, it was comfortable enough. And if I were like strictly a Midwestern hunter, I probably would have stuck with it, but I didn't like the movement in the northeast you know like you have to i don't like the shot position and i didn't like the movement you had to move like as a deer was coming in and a lot of times i'm in close you know like i'm in the thicker especially down here in the palmettos. i mean unless they stick their head up you can hear them a lot of times and you can't even see them until they're like right either in front of you or underneath you depending on whether it's an oak hammock or a palmetto flat but in the northeast my particular 20 acres was logged years before, so it was really thick on the growing. And, like, they would pop out 10 yards or 15 yards from me. If I wasn't in exact position, with those kind of deer that have seen every, like they actually walk through the woods and look up for tree stands, no. Yeah. I'm dead in the water if I'm not already in position. So I didn't like the saddles. You know, the, the security part of it, you get over. I don't know. Right now I have a lone wolf. I think it's the climber two, it's the smaller one. I had the original, I sold it before I got the saddle, got the saddle, and then when I went back I got the smaller Lone Wolf and I've I've kind of been on the guys like because um, and my other my other my hang on running gun, you know, if I'm in those type of trees that you can't use a climber, even though I'm very creative on using a climber, I'll go up eight feet. I can go up thirty feet. Yeah. I was always back into a tree, you know, like I'm real creative. I, I can use my climber in 90% of places, but sometimes you just have that tree you want to get into and I want to have a hang on. I did get the custom gear 0.5 and it's pretty small. You know, even I know the men, they usually get it. You see a lot of them come up for sale, but um, I put the hunt um, comfort seat on it that overlaps it a little bit. And I, I, it's the first year I'm going to be using it. I did get some tethered one sticks. I put some aders on them. That's going to be my other option. Like if you got a cottonwood or you know something that I I I sat in the uh what the hell do they call call those things with the thorns on them, the hedge apple trees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in Kansas, you know, and like you can wiggle up those things with with a set of sticks and you know like aders and stuff like that. And sometimes it's just where I want to be. And I do have those too. But the evolution of getting there was, you know, you all start out with a lot of stands and then you go to hang-ons that are set. And I had screw-ins in my tree in New York because I own the land, you know. And as it goes on, and now I'm public only, so I, the screw-ins are not an option at all. The sticks, even like you get the ones that have like a 30-inch gap. Women, I, I guess Amazon women can, but I can't do a 30-inch gap. I have to almost leap onto the next step. Yeah. You know, so the the smallest sticks work for me and it, they're only one pound. The ones I got now, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, that's why I haven't really used it yet. So I probably can't really comment on it, but I have it totally set up and ready to go. And, you know, we have another 28 days or something, not even 28, like uh, 18. So I have 18 days to go till our, our both season opens here in Florida. And, and I'll probably take that out the first couple of days. Yeah, because I'm I'm sweating like anyway, so you know if I'm going to blow my hunt, making a little noise or dropping a stick, that's the time to do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, cool. Well, April and
1: it makes a big difference. Though. Yeah,
0: makes a big difference.
1: In in years past, we didn't have those light options. Yeah, and I even been on the, the Long Wolf Custom guys. I said, hey, you guys going to make a climber like this? Mine's 14, and trust me, I love it. I've had this one probably the last. Mm-hmm. Eight years, maybe, since I, you know, resold the saddle and got back. But 14 pounds going into the woods if you're going to hike in a couple miles. And then especially if I'm going to either walk back, you know, hike back to my car, put my stand and come back for a deer or drag it out at the same time. If they can do 10, you know, or eight, because they have like the the new molding, the way that they mold the, the 1.0 and the 0.5. I, I don't know if the bottom platform might have to be heavier just to, you know, how it locks into the tree Yeah. to have the weight to lock them in. You get a, you get a lighter climber and you're going to have a lot more girls coming and using it. Yeah. I love my climber and to this day. I know it's not the rave, but I've done the rave and the rave doesn't work for me. Yeah. I like the hang on and I like the climber.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, April, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to hop on and, and chat with us about, uh, you know, uh, being a female hunter and some of the products and gear that uh, you use. Um, before we let you go here, do you have any other grievances that you would like, like to talk about before we split?
1: I mean, not really. The, the industry, it's, it's evolving. I don't know how many women are being utilized for comparisons. You know, as far as the camo goes, or the boots, or the bows, I think they're doing pretty good. You know, like like better in in the industry a lot better than they were years ago. As far as having women actually shoot them and carry them, it just seems like so many are like the you know a lot of the test women women that are going to go out and they're going to hunt with their husbands or they're going to hunt on a TV show. You know, with with their partners or something, and it might not exactly where the industry is
0: at. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I think they need to reach out and do a little more field
0: testing. Gotcha. I'm
1: going to say gotcha. with, with women. Not, not the bikini models, you know what I mean, but the right. women that are actually
0: hunting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, April, I'll tell you what, if there are any manufacturers out there that are thinking about coming out with a uh, a woman's uh, product or a product that might be designed towards women, April here, I know will Would love to give that product a try. So uh, reach out to her and uh, you could make that happen. But again, April, thank you for coming on and good luck this upcoming season.
1: Thank you, Dan. You too. Good luck to everybody.